Oh, Garrett. Tom. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, you're here too. You like yourself some reality TV shows, Garrett. I know this about you. I know this is the truth. It's true. Yeah. You like yourself some Survivor? I don't I don't deny it. Survivor, my uh my go to. Very, very good. Trash TV lovers. <laughs> Survivor's not trash. I will fight you. <laughs> Defend my honor. <laughs> I did. I did used. I I used to watch The Amazing Race quite a bit. It is still on. I think it's probably in its thirtieth. I'll admit, I, I enjoyed The Amazing Race when it was yeah, on. Yeah. I used to watch. Uh, I, shout out BJ and Tyler, my favorite winners of all time. I well, I'm sure we're gonna have to ask why, but first we should probably introduce ourselves. So we've already tipped our hands as to what we're gonna be talking about today. But welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's only podcast that looks at the worst of the worst games that are all about rolling and moving. But though technically we got a little bit of technological innovation here. Not We're not rolling, are we? We're what spinning. Are we we're, uh, we're pressing a button that spins a digital spinner we're for us. We're in year moving. 3018. The future is here. The future is 2006, I, but... <laughs> we are, of course, the... Uh, <laughs> We are, of course, the creators and CEOs and slaves to Rough Draft Games. I'm Thomas Schungerberg. Garrett Lively. Jeff Lee. Yes, and we are here to give you our best analysis, the best we can, of the Amazing Race board game. Not technically a board game, but a DVD game. It, it had a board. It did have a board. You're right. You're totally right. It, it does have a board. It's kind of a nice mixed medium feel mm -hmm. for this game, I would say. Yeah, totally. So, Garrett, when you were a big fan of The Amazing Race, so this board game came out in 2006. So you're kind of our little expert here, I would say. That's me. Uh, is this is would you say that 2006 is kind of the height of the Amazing Race passion? Uh, yeah, I think that is right. I, I, I don't know this for sure. I, I believe they were um, either had already started had just started or were about to start doing their all-star season so they had had quite a few um contestants that were really popular yeah um, they had to have enough people to get to that point right yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and uh I, I believe the amazing race started 2000 1999 2001 some, somewhere in that holy time crap span. it's that old 2001 mm -hmm. sure. so, here so this Man. was right around and the survivor so, boom i i would say with with real and mm -hmm. american idol american idol is around yeah right at that time Oh, yeah, Survivor came out in 2000, I can I can confirm. Mm -hmm. uh, and it and both of them were CBS productions and both of them remain on CBS. Uh Jerry Brockheimer is is the is the creative mind behind um, mm -hmm. The Amazing Race and Phil Kogan's been the longtime host. Uh but yeah, the, it it was certainly popular and still and still is popular honestly, but uh it was certainly I think they were doing you know, sometimes two hour specials uh for finales and premieres um I don't, which they're not doing anymore. Um, so yeah, it, it was certainly much more popular than it is today, and and it it, it attracted to a large, large yeah, audience. Yeah, and one of the interesting things about that is that this is the game came out around we said like 2006, right? Um, but mm -hmm. it was around 2007, 2008 that the writers' strike happened. So a lot of people kind of think back, and Jeff, you might remember this: how there was just that boom of reality TV that happened towards the late 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's mostly due to a lot of the writers for late night talk shows and a lot of writers for television shows. They, they went on strike in the late 2000s. And so television had to do anything that they could in order to fill that gap, especially from like 2006 going all the way to like. Yeah, that's super interesting. Do you well, would you say that reality TV has dropped off or just, you know, the shows have changed? Do you think it's still about the same popularity wise? There's always going to be the same players or survivors still Sur going strong. Survivor might. But I would say that reality TV has <laughs> definitely taken a backseat to 
like with Breaking Bad that came out on AMC that was sort of saw the beginning of a, res, a renaissance, if you will, of like television, scripted television dramas and comedies and that kind of stuff. But I, I have a personal opinion on it that I think the market is a little bit saturated with content. And people really don't know what to do with themselves. I think, I think a lot of a lot of the contestant based uh, um, competitions such as American Idol, too. I mean, you begin to mm-hmm. run out of a pool of talent, I would I would think. I, I, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, well, nothing becomes new anymore. Right. Like one person specialty mm-hmm. might be this and then you see someone else do it again. They're like, ah, but is he as good as this? The first mm-hmm. time they did it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, any any of you guys here still watch any reality TV? Oh, I know God, my wife no. does. I watch, no way. I watch Survivor <laughs> weekly. Yeah. She watches uh, Naked and Afraid, and she loves any sort of cooking competition. <laughs> so Top Chef. <laughs> bizarre. Top Chef's a good one. And then, uh, um, yeah, I think that's one that's one of her favorites. Well, speaking of unoriginal ideas, and maybe, maybe I'm getting off on the wrong foot here, but this game, we got a DVD, we got a board game, is this, I'll go ahead and I'll propose the question to you guys. Is this more or less just a ripoff of the success of Seen It or a game like that? Do you think they're trying to just take the format and go? Yes. <laughs> you know, I haven't played Seen It in so long, but are there more, like, are there more options that you can choose on screen than there was in Seen It? Uh, there are options, no. Uh, challenges, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, seen It, I would say. I, I can't remember for sure. I haven't I haven't played it in quite some time, but it, obviously yeah. it's very much movie based. Um, but it, right, it, it's right. There's there's not a lot of like challenges, right? It's all it's all trivia or answering questions about clips. Yeah, I'm not sure how many challenges you can do when you're wa- doing something that is more DVD related as opposed to kind of a Jack in the Box games mm-hmm. where there's more interaction that you can do with your cell phone. Yeah, it's a bit more can, right? You can only choose out of, you know, two or four options on the screen. So what can you really do? Yeah, I mean, we had those Razer phones in 2006. We weren't doing anything with those except <laughs> flipping them out really hard and just practically breaking the thing. I wonder first. if anyone had the idea of creating a game where you had to text in your answer and then oh, like shit. you know you'd wait you know 40 45 seconds right you, for yeah. your automated reply what, what was the uh the automated texture that everybody that used? was you, yeah you remember that was guy? Like we, would, that... we would ask him who would win in a fight between like goku and professor Xavier. oh yeah what was it they would always have to get back. it's not like smarter child that was the aim equivalent yeah, yeah, yeah. of like someone that you would talk to but it was <laughs> but it, i remember that tech service solving so many arguments uh, our good friend back in the day brooks hutchinson <laughs> like Loved we went it. back yeah. and forth on that thing um and just asked it so many banal stupid questions we probably gave him was that service free? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was free. Oh, yeah, it had I, to be. I, you think we pay for anything back then? They eventually, I, I believe they went to like a, almost like a subscription service where after you asked your first 10 questions or something, you started paying. Yeah, but, you only get but, so many. Uh, when when we originally started using it, it, it was free. Anyways. They tried to EA Sports it. Anyways, yeah. Um, so let's let's take a look at the, the board game company who's behind this game. So we brought up Seen It. So surprisingly, despite the high production value of the DVD, this game is not actually owned by Seen It. It's made by B1 Games. And sadly, we weren't able to really find uh, a website for them. They could be defunct. The game's rights or the licensing could have run out and been sold to another company. But we couldn't find anything on B1 Games. So all you board game detectives out there that listen to the show, if you can find anything on B1 <laughs> Games, you're definitely going to have to send that to us so that we can comb over the uh, the archives and everything we can. Because this... This company, Garrett, you were saying that they did have licenses to a couple of big things, right? Uh, the game itself, I, I think CBS also 
helped with it. But I, I did find on, on Board Game Geek there is a mostly uh, barren page for B1 games. However, mm-hmm. they apparently did publish the Halo Interactive Strategy board game. The Interactive Strategy board game. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that there was a... Yeah, Halo Interactive Strategy, which was much more popular than the Amazing Race board game. I'll have you it's know. also much more popular than Halo, probably. <laughs> I mean, who played that? Yeah, uh, so, one's gonna have to come on the show for sure. <laughs> that game's gonna have to come on the show. Yeah, we got to get the Halo board game yeah, up here. I'll, so I'll, I'll look can... into finding that. But that, but that game itself had 222 ratings, so it was much more popular than uh, than the game we're reviewing today. But that is the only thing on their board game geek page. Um, okay, you you want to walk us through uh, just when we open that the box? What are we looking at? What are some of the mechanics we got? Here? You know, it's funny. You have a, a you know a standard side standard size box here and you open it up and there is a a single i'd say smaller than average board um there are four pawns and then there's a dvd so this is like this could be compressed into a box about the quarter a quarter of its size um but they, they just have this nice plastic tray that holds everything up so it's 75 percent air so i don't know if you know this garrett but the same guy who designed the box for and the the holdings for this game is also the same guy who's in charge of every single potato chip bag ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> all air baby they got that guy to watch pump some air in that <laughs> oh I man i thought i was gonna get more <laughs> so yeah you open it up you got your board uh the board is uh just a circle so i think it's got four pit stops along the way including one one of the, which is the starting space uh and then in between each pit stop there's um eight spaces which uh have various challenges that you'll select on the dvd uh you pop in the dvd and it it basically uh keeps track of everything for you so other other than that um you're just moving the pawns around on the board there's also a small deck of cards which will give you a couple of advantages throughout the game but i'm so disappointed they could have made that board game look like something related to road trips like a stop sign or maybe like a triangle for like yield i don't know yeah it's just a couple of repeats Uh, yeah i mean i will say they 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 did use what was popular or you know the symbols that they use in the actual show so I think mm-hmm. I think there is some thematic tie there. So what about the instructions on this thing, Garrett? Is that I mean, I know you've raved <laughs> last time about one page instruction sets. One so page instruction sets are great. Here? Yeah, th- this actually did come with the one page instruction set. Um, but my favorite part about it is you can read the instructions or you can just pop in the DVD and click instructions and you can have uh, Phil Kogan's amazing voice uh, detail um, in about a four and a half minute video exactly what you'll be doing. Um, that probably costed most of the budget, to be honest, <laughs> right there. Just, yeah, just actually, that's on. a good point. That's a really good point, Jeff. How much do you think they had to pay Phil Kogan to uh, come in and do the VO? That was probably part of the CBS contract, I'm sure. So, Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, But, yeah, the the instructions, I'd say, overall are, you know, I mean, they're straightforward. You, you, you don't roll. You spin your spinner, and you move to a certain space, um, and then you click the symbol that you're on in the board and then a, a particular challenge. So there's, there's certain pit stops, there's detours, uh, there's envelopes you'll open and they'll have yields or um, different challenges you'll need to overcome. Um, I think for the most part that it is uh, super, super straightforward and you just go, f- go through and um, roll spin and answer questions and complete challenges. Yeah, what I wanted to add about um, earlier about the video thing was like, think about now when you're trying to read, I was, I think we were opening up a box yesterday and reading through all the rules. And then I was trying to explain it to a crowd of eight. And you know, you guys have all been hosting a party and it's hard enough to get people together for a a board game group uh, sometimes. And you're reading through all these rules and it's page after page. And then people are just starting to glaze over. And then you're like, I'm just going to pop in a four minute 
uh, YouTube video <laughs> and just <laughs> and just play that instead, and then it'll go through all the rules. So I, I thought it was awesome that they did that for this uh, because this was made in 2006, so it's way ahead of its time. Um, it's definitely something that I would do now to to explain a board game that you know might have might be heavy on the rules from a from a print perspective. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent on the money with that. I think a four, being if you're able to sum up your rules and how to play in a four minute video. I, I I think it speaks to the human spirit. <laughs> I think it speaks to the human attention span, especially. And I was actually the really digest version. Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, so we have our board here. And, you know, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to choose teams. Right. But we actually play this with just like each of us being on our own team. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys think that affected the game at all? Uh, there's a single point where you had to you and your uh, teammate would have had to pick the same thing. Uh, however, we easily substituted, Hey, I'll think of something. And if it matches, you know, you're good because it's basically a 50, 50 chance, right? You're, you're given one of two options. And if you, yeah. you and, uh, the Your other buddy, teammates like partner, the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't really understand what that is, it's kind of like the dating game mechanic, right? You, you write an answer down, your opponent's supposed to have the same answer, but it's not even that it's like Jeff said, it's 50, 50, you know, they have two options on the screen. You're supposed to choose one. And then your partner's supposed to also choose one. Right. So and it didn't matter that it, that partner was on your team. It, there was no way that someone could sabotage you, you know, for instance. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because when we were playing the game, Jeff, you actually immediately came up with a strategy on how to handle that situation. If you did have a team and you're just looking to win. Yeah. If, if you were going into the game and you'd played the game before, you can always say, I'm always going to choose a left choice or I'm always going to choose the right choice. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, even if I saw two answers on the screen, regardless of the question, I would just pick the same thing. You'd pick the same thing. And then we'd, we'd, you know, quote unquote, win the challenge and move on <laughs> game. So, so, so lesson is just don't play board games with overly competitive people like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For as simple as the game is, uh, do you guys think that there were any out glaring flaws or any other exploits that you kind of <laughs> caught right there, Jeff? I thought the end game mechanic was amazing. Uh, Every, oh my god right so at the end of the game you you get to the final destination and you have to answer a series of trivia questions um eight actually uh about in a row mm-hmm, right eight in a row about your uh final destination what's great is that uh they all come up in the same exact order for every single player and you can also see there's a little arrow indicating what each player chooses as an answer and then you see if that player got it right or wrong so if i got a question wrong it would pass on to the next player and you could just go through the exact same questions picking exactly what i chose Um, yeah there's this term called the first penguin which means that um if you're the first penguin to jump in you might get you know eaten by a shark or whatever but also it's that uh you you're the first to discover what's going on and your first guinea pig, essentially. Um, so in this game, there was very much a, the first penguin mentality. Someone would go through and answer questions, and then they'd get as far as they can until they got stumped. And then I would just go through and answer the same questions the same way, and then I'd, you know, I'd hopefully be able to answer that question that they got wrong and then move on. So mm-hmm. you would just kind of let people be the fodder and the guinea pigs uh, so that you can catch up really really quickly at the end in the end game i was like two i was like at least one or two checkpoints behind you guys and i managed to catch up in the entire time that you guys were trying to navigate through all of new york city's uh tourist traps which is what that's what the final question (laughs) was it was like they gave you clues as to different hot spots in new york city and since i don't think any of us have ever been there i don't know garrett you might i've been been in new york a few times i've been there it's just been a long time yeah i'm the only one who hasn't been I'm a, a plane, man. <laughs> Holy cow. 
But so they were listing the uh, different landmarks that you had to go to and guesses were made. I managed to catch up in that entire time. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would probably hate this mechanic because they're just like, oh, you shouldn't be able to see my answers. But for people who enjoy the suffering of their friends, and just <laughs> <laughs> seeing everything taken away from them at the last second. Well, no, don't I, get this one wrong. I, I know Jeff has said he's a big fan of slingshot mechanics. He needs he needs to have a way to keep people engaged. Um, <laughs> but it needs to be strategic. I'll say that. And this one was just like it was no, like kind it was... of a, um, a pseudo slingshot where like we just we just couldn't answer it. And Thomas, the thing about the game, uh, even before the end game, you could roll it. You can roll and land on a move that said just go to the next space. Go to the next pit stop uh mm. and so thomas could just jump ahead if he needed to if he ended up landing on those spaces and then there was also the um the uh, the pit stop mechanic itself was uh, we, you know i guess i would akin it to like a speed bump uh mm -hmm. speed bump mechanic so we had to stop for a whole turn we couldn't we couldn't advance any farther so you couldn't just get a huge lead at any point you had to kind of stop these certain spaces um and and that definitely helped uh you know people in the back people in the rear catch up because you know if i'm hitting pit stops and then you're just rolling you know jump to the next pit stop you're just right. catching up super quick I, I will say that is actually a mechanic that is used in the actual meaning the amazing race they they have these pit stops which 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 stop players yeah yeah thematically yeah i'll agree thematically they did a good job there. and then and going back to the the end game um i thought it was executed pretty well i'm i i strategically positioned myself at the end of the game to make sure that i got uh to answer the final question second to last or second shit there's no you had no idea that that was even you a part of the, the game question. yeah you yeah strategically i strategically chose yeah. to be that yeah, position I, I made sure to get i i made sure that i got to answer that question twice so you didn't know garrett you didn't know that that question was even there so don't play this <laughs> off as some master plan Guys, that you executed i'm sorry to win. that the first strategic the i'm sorry that the first strategic game that we played i won but oh give me a break it's not a strategic <laughs> game it's Listen, flipping, doing a digital spinner on a no, screen, and then you Phil, move forward. Trivia plus roll. Phil said after the fourth question that you're halfway oh through. Oh my god, you're calling him by his first name. <laughs> you guys, yeah. I don't know why y'all are upset about job. this. I, I'm, I am entitled to my opinion, and I, I, I will say, okay, why does, why does this, why did this game, why did winning this game matter so much, Garrett? Why, why in this game in particular? Or I guess what in, in for me over our podcast? No, no, over our podcast. Why, why was winning? finally winning so important to you <laughs> yeah, okay now you're calling me out because all the non-strategic games we've played so far uh jeff and thomas um of, of the five we've played there's it's a it was it was two two to zero um they both had two wins and i had zero this is my first win but i but i'll also say it's the first game with any ounce of strategy so yeah, take it, it's take not, it, take it for what you want. There's not strategy in this one, Garrett. You're copying off of someone else's work. You wouldn't have been <laughs> able to get through that entire list if you didn't have Jeff guessing half your answers. That's that's like, why I positioned myself to go after him. Position, break. <laughs> you're so stupid. I won fair and square, and you guys are just gonna have to get over you it. You did. So. You didn't. Win, I, you did yeah. win fair and square. I'm not, I'm not taking the victory that. away from yeah. you. I'm just saying that this, like, the idea of claiming that this was a master stroke, the hindsight of saying that you strategically position yourself to win there i don't it's I don't bullshit it. all right we'll move on well, garrett here's a good question for you was there anything thematically that could have been implemented from the show in kind of a clever way that you didn't see or jeff for anything anything thematically that you think could have been implemented from their amazing race if you've ever seen the actual show 
that wasn't in the board game. I know one. So, okay, I, I've got one real quick. So there, so I, there was a, one trivia question in the game that said, have all the other players decide if the answer is acceptable? Which I thought was really strange <laughs> because it, it was everyone's wrong, right? Like, what if you guys don't know? Like, the the question was specifically, what other countries name another country that uses uh, the peso as a currency other than Argentina? Mm-hmm. And then it the answer pops up and it says, everyone in the room decide if the answer is acceptable. So I was like, well, okay. That is weird, first of all, but I was wondering why they didn't incorporate some maybe like physical challenges, like first player to run off and grab, you know, a, a notepad and come back and present it. Yeah. Because if you have it, if you if you boil it down to characters or not characters, but the people that are playing the game judging whether or not the challenge is successful, you can you can kind of have those physical challenges, which is a, a big part of the amazing race. So I, I, I would have liked to have seen a few of those. Yeah. And also, obviously, the, you know, you're playing against other players that want to win the game. So they're... The, it's in their benefit to say, no, you answered that question incorrectly, <laughs> right. right? So it's like, why, why even do that? The other thing I thought thematically, and Garrett's actually the one that brought this up, was um, having an elimination uh, mechanic. So maybe in a longer <laughs> game, uh, ha- playing some challenges where people just get eliminated from the race, the last person in, which um, you know, kind of eliminates some of that slingshot. But in the show, that's what they do. You know, they start out with, I don't know how many teams, 10 teams, probably less. Mm-hmm, 10 um, teams and too. then. And then the last ones that get in, they have to kind of um, go through an elimination challenge some, at certain intervals, and sometimes they don't get to go on and move to the next leg of the race. Well, so it's, I thought that would have been a cool mechanic. Yeah, it's funny. They took the time to record Phil saying, uh, this is a pit stop. You're the last team to arrive. However, this is not an elimination leg. But there are no elimination legs. <laughs> yeah, they're never elimination <laughs> just funny. So, Garrett, was this, uh, was this board game part of your haul from half price books was this one that you got for the cheap it sure was yes this was in the clearance section of half sponsor us (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have so much ad time on the air they they gotta throw us i'm never gonna stop asking for sponsors shout out half price books uh pick this up for three dollars in the clearance section um worth everything See, this one's got a dvd yeah with at least like 40 minutes of stock footage of like (laughs) countries from around the world on it it's pretty worth yeah it's got some nice soundtracks going some nice ethnic beats depending on where you are in the world (laughs) um so would you say that this was worth three dollars uh yes i would say this is worth uh three dollars i i'd go far so far as to say i'd say it's more yeah Yeah. i'd go so far as to say i would have spent um, seven dollars for the board game. That's fair. I would say, yeah, seven is probably about as high as I would go. But this is definitely the board game that I've enjoyed the most that we've uh played on the podcast. Interesting. Which is weird because we bagged on trivia games, uh, and then we bagged on slingshot. Well, we didn't bag on slingshot. We bagged on like speed bump, and then we bagged on rolling, and then we ended up in that situation <laughs> where we were all at the end in a kind of a poorly, you know. A poorly structured mechanic at According the end, but we you. loved it. It was so much fun. It was actually a ton of fun to like try to be like mm-hmm. try to get all of them right and go for the win. Or if you get it wrong, then your buddy or your I guess the person you're Garrett in this case just answers all the same questions and then gets up gets back up to the question that you were at. I so actually I thought that was hilarious. I have an interesting theory on that. And I think it's it, it depends on execution. And in this case, we were actually able to feed off of the failures and directly implement their own failure mm-hmm. to our success of, of the people around you. Whereas in other games where you're just trying to roll until you get the, the magic number, another person's failure failure doesn't actually increase your odds of getting it right on the next turn. That's true. Where with this one, yeah. you are able to directly benefit from uh, me or Garrett screwing this up. So it was... 
it, it gave almost a sense of encouragement and uh, <laughs> yes, and I have a glee. chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I now know I eliminated from the four multiple choice down to three or three to two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the actions of other players affect your probability, like if your game relies a lot on like math and just sheer chance, if the actions and mistakes and the problems that other characters and other players, excuse me, encounter, I think that that's something that could definitely, definitely make that situation where you're at the end and you have to get through these series of questions better. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, this isn't dice-based purgatory. No. I wouldn't even say this is spinner-based purgatory because the list of questions is the same. Yeah, it, it drives a, to it a conclusion. It has a finite end. Yeah, yeah it, drive, it drives you towards a conclusion. So unless you're just absolutely not paying attention, uh, you you should be able to, like I said, like I did, position yourself to, to win. Shut up. Yeah, it's more like a finish line and not a bullseye. So so you said you would pay $7 for this, so I'm guessing that that's your suggested price for it. Mm-hmm. But let's let's turn our attention to Board Game Geek. Now, I don't know if you guys have gotten to take a look at the page, but what would you guys say the weighted average of this should be? I saw the page, so I'm biased, but <laughs> okay. I will also put in my suggestion. I'll put it at a 4. You put it at a 4? put it at a 4. Okay, what about you, Jeff? Oh, man, I, I, I think this is one of the better games that we played. Maybe, maybe I'm getting jaded because every game we score, I feel like it's getting, they're getting, my scores are getting higher and higher. So it's just Stockholm syndrome. I think we got to write our scores down and actually like. Yeah, we should track. actually post them somewhere. But um, I, if I recall correctly, I put uh, I, I don't know if it was Beeropoly or it was Butt Quest somewhere on like a four mm-hmm. or five. I feel like this is a touch more enjoyable. Like I, you know, I don't trivia trivia in a board game is just kind of whatever. But I th- I would give it like a four and a half. I'd probably give it a four and a half as well. I can't remember, Garrett. Did I give Beeropoly a four and a half? You gave Beeropoly a really high score. Uh, I think it was I a, did? It was a, not, a, not like a really high score, but relatively to our other games. I think you gave it a three or four. I can't remember. My logic, if I remember, was that, you know, Monopoly, we set Monopoly at a certain number, like a four. Right. So I think it was like around that. Beeropoly, I rated it, or Brewopoly, I rated it a one. So if, so if Jeff and I are giving this a 4.5 and Garrett, you're giving this a four, it's actually right in the, twi- in the middle of us. Mm-hmm. Board Game Geek's weighted score with at least 62 other people weighing in on this thing. Say it gets a 4.2. Heyo. Not bad. Pretty fitting. Pretty fitting. Uh, Most of the people really don't have a lot to say about the game. Red Army Ian says, not bad, but not as nearly as interesting as it could be. You're getting a lot of one sentence reviews where people Mm -hmm. are just like, you're getting a collective meh from most (laughs) people. One person says for amazing race fans only. And I wouldn't agree. I'd say that uh, this, like the geography, geography fans questions yeah. are are pretty accessible to pretty much yeah, anyone. Travel yeah. through. Jay, Jay Enzer yeah. gave it a two stars out of five on Amazon. He said this game does its best to capture the spirit of the Amazing Race, including variations of detours and roadblocks. But overall, it falls flat. The vast majority of gameplay consists of answering questions on cards, then moving the number of spaces. Um, the game is entertaining for people who follow the show faithfully, but for players more interested in the board game itself, the blind luck involved, and detours. Uh, and the inclusion of show-specific trivia questions is a turnoff. I disagree with that. I thought it was pretty strategic. I'd say he's got a fairly good yeah. point, uh, considering that you're full of shit. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> what would you what would you say? It, it's definitely going to be better for the people that are amazing race or travel enthusiasts. If you're just a pure board game player and you pick it up, I mean, there's a ton of other options, right, for any roll-and-move type games where you're trying to go to, you know, from A to Z. Um yeah, overall, I agree. I will say just just the fact that they had a DVD and the fact that they led you and um, the production value is a little bit better. That 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 definitely cranked up the value for me. Garrett, are you going to do another unboxing video for this? I hope. Uh, yes, I've already recorded it. 
<laughs> if you haven't checked out Garrett's unboxing videos, they're uh, they're absolutely perfect and uh, in no way ironic at all. Appreciate that plug. Well, thank you guys for joining us so much today. If you are a big lover of the Amazing Race or for Survivor for that matter, um, you can record a audition video with Garrett. He needs a partner for the Amazing Race. He's always wanted to be on the show. You you said you originally wanted to be on it with your mom, right, Garrett? I did want to be on The Amazing Race with my mom. I thought that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I'll go on Survivor by myself, though. I don't need anyone weighing me down. Okay. <laughs> so if any of you guys would normally weigh Garrett down on Survivor, but think you would make a great partner, just hit us up on uh, our social media. We are at Rough Draft Games on, uh, on Twitter, and you can tell us all about yourself and why you would make a good partner for Garrett on The Amazing Race. How else can they get in contact with us, Jeff? Yeah, they can just hit us up at Twitter at Rough Draft Games or email us at roughdraftgames at gmail.com or check out our website at roughdraftgames.com. So until next time, guys, enjoy your virtual spinners on your TV screens and your complimentary DVDs that come with your board games. And we'll see you next time on Spin and Move. I mean, roll and, and move. move. Very nice. Very good syncing on that voice, <laughs> boys. boys.